0: I'll be too nervous to. I'm probably lost the words.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost of Words podcast. Jason, you are joining me as ever. Hello. Good evening, Tom. How are you? Yes, I'm really well, thank you. And Bradley Todd, Brad, you are with us as well.
0: Hello, Tom. You're right, mate.
1: Yeah, very well, thank you. I thought I'd just, you know change up those messages a little bit because <laughs> as much as people probably think they're automated, they're not, and I just say the same thing and it's actually a bit of a trap. So uh, yeah, try and get out of those. Um quickly recap last week's events. Uh, we'll start at the Amex and uh Hudson Swafford had that walk Jason you talk about with uh Dustin Johnson and Bruce Kepler like he's got the biggest cock in the world. Uh, <laughs> after he hit that eagle um well even just the approach into the eagle uh and then hit a shot on the par three when he had that lead like he had the biggest cock in the world uh and just carried on and uh, i was really impressed with, with what he did down the stretch
2: yeah i like him he's uh he's just like everybody's got the harris english thing um yeah same he, um, he, um just, just gets on with it doesn't he, he sits there his gum and uh just gets on with it, and that's his game. And he's a lot again. He's he's a player that turns up at the same courses again. Um, obviously, one here before, one again. Yeah, um, as he, for his record, he's, he's turned up at the same courses all the time. Why not? He was very impressive, as you say, um, on 17. I mean, conditions weren't that difficult, final day to be fair. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he did what he did on 16, which is fair enough. Um, and then, great. You know, he could have done anything with a t shirt. I think he probably did pull it a bit. Yeah, it? It. definitely. Yeah. Thought he went to there, but then, you know, Duff had done the same anyway. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, well done. No problems. And when you look back at it, really, prices of 150 plus, they, they work, you know, I suppose in, in retrospect, they are big. I mean, you yeah. can't pick them all. You can't pick them all, but it, it makes perfect sense. And
1: here we are. He, I think, Brad, I think he was. He was on the cut line, I think, in Hawaii, and then, but he'd hit like 18 out of 18 greens, I think, and, and hit his irons really well. So I think there were signs that it was going to happen, as Jason alluded to there. It's probably a big price in retrospect, but just that type of goal for I think I, mean, I was surprised when I saw him at you know, the world number 61. I thought that was quite high, even with um, you know his victory. But when you look at it, he's actually made what is it, five or six out of seven cuts this year. Um, been pretty solid and uh, without much reward until now
0: that's right and uh, yeah I mean I agree with everything you said and he he, he, looked, he was good for his win in the end I mean he yeah. had that bit of magic um, and yeah I thought he was very impressive and he's now a third time winner on tour which is just uh, I don't know it, it doesn't sound right but it's he, he just just pops up in places doesn't he it, it, does, it, does make, it does make sense but do you know what? I, I love the leaderboard. Um, last week there were some new faces up there, like some Corn Ferry Tour graduates. You have got like Lee Hodges, yeah.
1: um,
0: Paul Barjon, yeah. um, even Molinari, like making a a surprise on the leaderboard as well. Like, it was just it was just a it was just a pretty cool leaderboard other than obviously power falling away as he did, which was very yes yeah upsetting. Um guys he I think he, was he favourite going into the final round even though it was a two shots back I think, I
1: think I think he was yeah about joint with them certainly on he exchange went, he was yeah, just obviously behind. Obviously we had
0: high hopes for him to finish strong and he was he looked like when you looked at that leaderboard, he looked most likely, didn't he? I mean yeah. given his recent form, but yeah. It is what it is. He went backwards. Everyone went forwards. To move on. I think when you look at the leaderboard, the,
1: the names you mentioned there, obviously Hodges, Barjon, uh, Tom Hogie was looking for his first wins, Zalatorre was looking for his first win. Like I think that all played into Swafford's hands a little bit because they hadn't been there. Um, not to take anything away from him because I think the way he played was brilliant. Um, and I think Swafford's quite an interesting case, Jason, because... You look at him and you think, okay, he was a three time winner and then the first thing it's gonna be is oh he's won the corellas and that kind of really weird format at the career builder slash Amex slash Bob Hope slash Trumana, whatever it is. Um, but it's three wins, right? And you know, winnings winning on the PJ tour. Yeah, exactly exactly
2: and to be honest, exactly the same as somebody like his uh, Doppelganger. Is like <coughs> you can't believe you can't believe they've won the events they've won. But you know, it, it, ad nauseum. We say this. Um, the difference between twelfth and first is minute. Cantley could it get done in front? Ram
1: was, you know, doing what Ram does. You know,
2: the, he, the was, he was upset, first...
1: wasn't he, Ram, about the event itself?
2: Well, do you know what? It, uh, was he? It was. It was. It was. Happened to be picked up by by a bloke. I mean, I know I had to do a bit on it today, but um, it got picked up by a video and
0: not um... like he knew the video was on. I don't know, and he just sort of sort just... of. Oh, if, it, if
2: he had to get picked that up, I mean, it's just you go well, you know, he's angry because of the way he's playing.
0: So I like mean, he wanted the world to know that. I don't. Know
2: I, yeah, I, d- I don't think it was particularly. It was just one of them things where we yeah. all walk off and we go, oh, bloody idiot. But you don't mean bloody idiot.
1: It's just at the time. I don't disagree.
0: I don't disagree with him in terms I know he shouldn't be saying stuff like that, really, but I don't know. It, it does. It, it,
1: it made me laugh because he was like, oh, it's turned into a poss- uh, passing contest," what? and I was like, "Well, oh, I think that's pretty much most." pj tour events exactly and, yeah. you know the couple um it did make me think whether he's actually going to be a late addition to the netflix show and that's why he did it um but there we go <laughs> yeah. it was uh, it was what it was it was surprising to see that rahm and cantley didn't uh, kick on yeah, Seamus power didn't kick on but um you know it is what it is that was that was it you know i think i think you know i had lengthy discussions about this event all week about how the free courses and and the programs add volatility and, That this is why people bat long shots, and I think it was proven right, like it's been proven right for the last decade. Tiny, Um, the difference is just tiny. It is, it is, and when they're all resort courses and and slow rounds, it it just matters what you do on a day, doesn't it? So um, I quite like it, I think it has its place on the tour, but I can see why why the best players would probably be uh, frustrated. And then we went over to Yas Links and talking of being frustrated. I think Terrell Hatton said that he wanted to drop a bomb on the 18th hole there. Um, probably not the best place to use that terminology. Um, I think that was a bit of petulance, Brad, wasn't it? I I think, you know, just get on with it and everyone else played the hole and you should be able to too, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. But I mean, it's Tyrrell all over, isn't it? And you just, that's just what it's like. Um, so yeah, it didn't really shock me, but at the same time, yeah.
1: Should just go on with it. I think some of the pins were a bit bit naff and maybe a bit harsh, Jason, to to, to put the pins where they were. But I actually uh, thought the course itself was good watch. Oh, oh, I, I,
2: I, I, I you know I liked it and um, I think I uh, tweet turned about the seventh, I think, which was on Sunday, which is a par five. but they all had two hundred six, two hundred twenty yards, six irons and stuff in. It was really difficult to get close to. Yeah. You know I think you had I can't remember the final group, but Peters literally landed it perfectly and he ran off into the swale Um, Jameson who probably predictably had a bit of a nightmare um, to start his fourth round he he, again hit a perfect shot um, and it travelled all the way through down to the back so for me it was it was great I'd I'd rather have that um, than um, obviously we're going to get a really good test over at PGA this week Um, but I'd rather have that than than, Mm. you know they get 200 yards they stick a 7-iron in their hands, they've got a massive green, you know, pins in the middle and they all get eagle putts. So, uh, it just doesn't it? It's got no interest in it. I mean, yeah. it's not either one, isn't it? Whichever one, but it's, it's boring.
1: Um, but, that, but that's the thing, isn't it? Like, you, you say there that they have the opportunity to get, like, okay, so it was really hard to hold the green and some of the pins were a bit difficult, but they were still going in with 6-iron. So, one you know we, we want them to not be able to reach every single par five and two because that's a bit easy but really they're going to new technology lack of being able to extend golf courses etc so make it a little bit difficult in that way and, and they face it lay it up a little bit short of the green and run it on you know it it becomes a little bit of playmaking and it, it one comment I didn't really like about Rory McIlroy, he was, he was moaning about two things. One, he moaned about his three iron that he had in the bag, and he said, oh, I'm not blaming the three iron, but it, it does have the lefts that, in it. Yeah. yeah. and it does have the lefts in it, and I knew that, and I didn't hit it well. Well, you've had the whole off-season to decide what mm. you do with this three iron. Don't put it in a fucking bag if you don't want to use it, is one. That's two, right. if you keep it in the left, don't keep it in it. Um, and then he started moaning about, oh, I'm looking forward to going to play full shots again because I felt like every shot I had to play was a knockdown shot. I mean, come on! Like he's meant to be like the most naturally gifted player on this side of the world. Like, I think he's got too accustomed to to play in yeah. the PGA, where he can just fly up and hit seven irons 200 yards in the air, and not have any sort of you know creativity. Because it, it yeah. wasn't,
0: it wasn't exactly that. I mean, you for that course forced you to be creative. You had to make shots, and yeah, as you just said, maybe that's just been sort of that's just sort of come out of him given his time on the PGA I said not oh, know he just didn't look comfortable out there did he really it just,
1: it just felt like moaning for moaning's sake from both him and and Sarah always seems to be that if if one of these big guns doesn't win like there's got to be something wrong with the setup, or there's got to be something wrong with their, their clubs or you just had a bit of a naff week like Rory shouldn't even have been there on Sunday he was lucky to even get into, mm. the, into the weekend um, you know and, and he, he finishes 12 so everyone thinks he's been absolutely brilliant and I don't know. It, it frustrated me that comment, and I, I hate to keep dogging on him because I, I, I don't like to just keep moaning about the same person. But I, those comments kind of knocked me a little bit, especially with Hatton, because you know he played pretty well on the Sunday, didn't he? You know, he shot sixty-seven, and had oh, an eagle, he's, and uh, four birdies. Yeah. Like you got on with it then, didn't you? So
0: what's the point? I don't know. He but, just loves moaning though Hatton. I think. Well, of,
1: at least I see his character. Like, exactly. He, he's he's not math, straying. Math, is he? I don't
0: don't expect. Like to see it as much. I don't know well, why I shouldn't say that. I should like to see it from anyone, but no. with Hatton, you just know what you're getting to be to a certain degree.
1: I think I, I don't. I can't remember hearing anything from Ovland. I can't remember if he was interviewed a lot, but it. I don't remember him sort of moaning, and maybe it's because he hasn't got the scar tissue that others have, and you know mm. he, he. But he, you know, made a double and a triple. Oh well, yeah, that
0: was that was, a, he was looking like in contention at that point, wasn't he? And he, um, was, the,
1: he was the most frightening. He was the of danger.
0: All, yeah, he was the danger, and then I couldn't believe that. I mean. Considering how well he's been um, around the greens and even his long parts, so it just uh, came out of nowhere that. Yeah, uh,
2: can just see that um, Ryan tweeted, "I'd pay thirty dollars around for just a feed of Hatton mic'd up, unedited, or <laughs> anything." Yeah, from
0: yeah.
1: Um, and and that's the thing with Hatton, he gets away with it because he is funny. Okay. Yeah, oh, he is like, good, and like the fact that he just says, oh, "I just want to drop a bomb at it," like that's just quite. It's just comedic, and like. I, yeah, it's, it's not what Brad said. I think you, you think you don't want to say it's okay from him and not okay from Rory because the one sounds like a genuine moan and one just sounds like a flipping comment that he's just gonna get over it in you know thirty mm. seconds time. So I don't know, but. Um, Thomas Peters won for the podcast, so that was good. Ten under par.
0: Congratulations.
1: Uh, yeah, thank you very much. It was uh, it was nervy. I thought he'd lost it, to be honest with you, um, around that stretch. you had that short <laughs> yeah, birdie I saw, putt. I saw
0: your tweet. I saw yeah. your, you're like, oh,
1: that's it. It's gone. Yeah. Moving on to next week. <laughs> yeah, I was like, moving on to next week. I, I did discount him very early, but I think he had a four-foot birdie putt. This was when we were talking, Brad, and you, I said, oh, forget about it. And you said, why, what's happened? And I think he'd missed a putt that I would have made with my eyes shut. Oh, sure. um, uh, yeah, and th- and then he parred the par uh, no, he bogeyed the par eleventh, uh, and I was just like, well, that's probably the end. But uh, as everyone's rightly pointing out, there was some tough holes to come, yeah. um, and he got the job done, so that was good. Um, over to the Dubai Desert Classic now. Um, At least we know what we're sort of yeah by this week. Yeah, I don't think anything's hidden this week. Uh, it's been here for longer than most of these golfers have been playing. Certainly, some of them even been alive. Um, Rory McIlroy comes in at the fifteen to two favourite. Victor Hovland and Colin Morikawa switch places. Hovland nine to one, Morikawa eleven to one. Then you've got Tyrrell Hatton at eighteen to one and Sergio Garcia at twenty-two to one. Uh, Jace, I come to you first. Does any of the top of the market appeal to you? Uh, um,
2: no. Um them was disappointing. Morikar was nowhere last week. I mean, none of it make it a particular appeal. Um, I, I actually think that if I was going to start anywhere uh, and it's a horrendous thing, I won't back him, but I'm not convinced Peters will be too far away this week. either. But so right. that's, that's where, that's where I'd look. But I mean, and, and to be honest, I don't think that eight points off his price is, is, you know, is particularly penal. Um, but obviously you've got the, the issues about about him going back to back and everything like that. But he, you know, he's, he now knows he's a regular winner now. Obviously, um, yeah. he, you do slightly worry over the two foot and three foot putts. <laughs> but the ways, like we said, what like we said earlier, you know, he's he's been putting, you know, he's been putting lights out for a long time. It's only really silly mistakes that he does, and then it seems effective. Uh, you know, as we talk about Hatton, for example. Yeah. It seems to affect Pete as badly and it has done for a couple of years. Whereas, you know, he goes off and smashes something up or um, you know, looks like, I mean looks miserable anyway, but um you know, and, and I, I honestly think that, that twenty five whilst it's not over appealing, I don't think is is out of the way.
1: Well I think is it was it in twenty fifteen we went back to back at the I know much lower grade, isn't it, at Chetmasters and KLM Open, but Went back to back there. He's defended a title, I think. Or, I think it's brilliant. I um, think it's right. You know, it, he just he generally strings form together, doesn't he? And we're talking about someone that's won two events in uh, three starts. So, yeah, I think like you say, I, I was tempted to go back to the world, I Must admit, I I, I didn't because I like the the rest of the board. But uh, like, he's
2: Come Sorry, Tom. I mean, you, you look back and it's, uh, you know, it's off the tee and tee green. I know it's obvious, but off the tee is, very, is, is really important around here. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, Herbert won on a, on a really bad, bad year when conditions were, were horrendous, which has allowed obviously Christian Bez to get out there. But ultimately, he won on a par five. So you do need, you do need distance. And and you look what, you know, Peters is doing. I mean, he's ranked second off the tee twice in this title over here. Um, sixth and first seat of green over here. Before that he, he led Portugal Masters, obviously. Um, his stats are just fantastic. Um Yeah. You know, twenty five to one. Can you get twenty five top eight? Yeah, you can, huh? Yeah. It's not horrendous at the top of the market and I never thought I'd say that, but
1: you know, there we are. Well, you just you just know, Brad, that he's gonna be twelve to one, tens to one favourite in, in the rest of the events he plays once he's, this trio of Rory Hovland, Morikawa, obviously mm. Hatton as well. Go, um, he's going to be short prize, isn't
0: he? Yeah, and uh, you mentioned it last week, didn't you? Like you've got to take him while the value's the oh, yeah. there. As you said, he's a streaky player. He can put some performances together, and I think this is his sort of time to sort of say, look, I am a, I am a big dog, you know, sort of thing. And this is to uh, like, fulfil his potential that he's undoubtedly got. So. It's, it's weird. It's weird with Peters because Jason, you mentioned the
1: he... Beats the living crap out of anything once he's had a bad hole or you know I've, seen, I've literally watched him snap a club over his neck at Wentworth pound a bunker he's, he looks angry in a moment but too laid back in general if, if, if that makes any sense in the sense that I feel like he could have maybe applied himself and pushed on a bit further after that Ryder Cup run and you know major championship contention he was in a couple of times so I thought there was more to offer and it's, it feels like I think is he just recently become a dad or, or something maybe just settled down in life and and maybe making a step forward and need to make a bit narrative based but
2: no, no idea he's one one he's got more relaxed he's playing well figures are great of course I mean know he's not actually you know blowing the lights out around here hmm. but I mean I think he's 15 par five last year which have worked around here perfectly everything it's just playing really really well and it's purely a matter of how we react to to the second win um would I, I? I certainly think I'd, I'd potentially look at that as an sort of a, an exchange. I'm not interested really in 50 yards at twenty-five to one. Yeah, there so may be an exchange play and a win only, and play about with the exchange play if you can. But yeah, it, it's I, I, as I say, I didn't think I'd say it, but of them, mm. and that includes like you know, like you say, players like Hatton and, and you know the, the best in the world. He's uh,
1: mm. he
2: is the most appealing, even if I don't back him.
1: No, I appreciate all those comments. Um, Brad, Shane Lowry was, was one that you sort of toyed over last week. disappointing Disappointed in the final round uh, Sunday, but I don't know how long you want to hold that over him. But you've got him, Garcia, Adam Scott, Paul Casey, and Tommy Fleetwood in this little range now. Um, I know you guys were keen on Tommy Fleetwood uh, last
0: week. Is hmm. there any of
1: those that were sort of tempting in this sort of range?
0: I'll have to take you back a bit because uh, there was someone who uh, who I liked in the range before. Uh, oh, there you go. so yeah uh, <laughs> Hatton I really cannot ignore Hatton this week you know I think that it's just this, the, the players who hit it long and fairly straight traditionally go well here and Hatton's one of the best drivers of the ball but it's important to make the most of the par fives short par fours as so that's where previous champions do most of their scoring and yeah I put Hatton in, in that category he had a fairly hit and missed start last week but I mean he's shaken off a bit of rust there were so many positives. He ranked third on approach, 19th off the tee, and this was helped by his final round of five under, where he was second off the tee, 15th on approach, and eighth in putting, and eighth tee to green, to backdoor, tied sit finish. I mean, that is something to build on, and he's come into a course he knows well. He's played well on here, well here in the past, uh, seven times, and the only time he missed a cut was on his debut. So, yeah, I just, I don't usually go as short as 18 to one. Um, but I do think that he's just a really strong fancy and he's a winner. He's got some good finishes here. I just think he can build on last week and and uh, get the win this week. I think he's the one of the group
1: that's got the shortest memory now. I think that's something we attributed to him when he started winning on the PGA Tour and then contending in, in the bigger events that he can get over, you know, maybe a bit of a disappointment last week, even though the result wasn't bad in the end. Uh, yeah. When you look, I mean, what was he, 8th 2016, he finished with a 66 there, he was third in uh, the following year, he shot, I think there was a 65 uh, and a 67 over the weekend there, third again, he shot three rounds of a uh, 66 or better opening of a 64,
0: so generally speaking, goes quite deep at his golf course. Mm, that's it though. Yeah, I forgot to mention the places. Yeah, back to back first 17 and 18. Yeah, it completely emphasises how well we can play on this course. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. But yeah, comfortable in the desert. Just um, there's a lot to like about him.
1: Yeah, no, I like that. I think I think there's uh, I think that's plenty to uh, to say about Cyril Hatton. I think that he's, he's he's one of those people you don't really feel like you need to justify. But when he starts sneaking under the twenty to one, I suppose you do want to get a little bit in there. Um, Jason, what do you think... Well, well, I know what you thought of Tommy Fleetwood after you know putting him up last week. What, what do you think this means for Tommy Fleetwood going forward this year?
2: Um, I mean, I think, firstly, if you back somebody last week and he's a big prize this week, you're very valid in going in again. You haven't had, had the... Uh, <laughs> um, you haven't ever had to particularly do anything before this event. Um, Danny it was 54th in Abu. Uh, Herbert was 67th in Abu. And um, ha Tong Lee missed the cut in Abu. So, um, you don't have to have form coming. You just need, in effect, an outing. Hmm. Um, yeah. It was crap, wasn't it? Um, hmm. no, no two ways about it. And he's, he's starting to look... He needs to win. I think he does need to win pretty soon. Um, because it's it's now becoming... He's becoming very static with his play. And others are getting better. And I, I don't think Tommy Fleetwood is getting better. Um, if, not saying there won't be conditions that suit him, but you know that was, it, it was,
1: yeah, it's, it's rubbish, wasn't it? But you it. think it's, the, uh, the conditions would have suited him the Friday, like when I, when would, the wind well, got? Yeah, yeah. That was, you know, yeah. you, you, you say the conditions won't suit, might not suit, you know we'll suit him again. Sorry, in the future, that was when you probably expected it. Like if he's going to do his best stuff, when it's getting really tough for everybody else, he can, you know, perform his best. You know, he's soon at the US Opens. Um, and when it starts to become I wouldn't say this is point and shoot but when you've got to start making a lot of birdies and drive the ball really well and make your fair share of putts at this event it feels like that's actually getting away from him so
0: I was quite surprised that was brutal wasn't it though that second round like even the best that made some of the best wind players look I mean McIntyre shot 80 as well absolutely true yeah
1: yeah, there there was absolutely, you know, Peter shot seventy four. He was only two shots better than. Well, the, that's a
0: that's a really good score. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think, I think the issue is not necessarily what they've done on the Friday, but how they recovered after it. Yeah. And and really, yeah, some people get mentally nothing. scarred. I've got, yeah, I've gone through the stats, and and you know he's done he's done nothing. So don't be wrong. You know, Morikawa was dire, wasn't he? Mm. without even well, without Friday, you know, we, we don't believe he can play in sort of conditions like Friday. But he was he was gone anyway. So. um you can forgive them, I suppose, once every so often, but it's now coming to a point where you know, where does Fleet would sit in a in a field like this now? Does he sit down at forty five and fifty to one mark? And it's it, it, you're getting to a point where he doesn't do anything special, that's where he's gonna be. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think I think he's now going to the price where it becomes tempting. Like I mean you were tempted obviously by him last week and, and went for him and you know, he I you know, I take I give credit for the fact they've gone out to thirties because you probably could still get fact at twenty fives, twenty twos because of his name value. Um, so I do like that they are taking him on a little bit. But for me, like one of the biggest conundrums this week was whether I was gonna pick Bernd Wiesberger. Like he's he's been you know, three top tens here, he's, he's had a uh, sixth last year, he was uh, fourth in twenty fifteen where he was a round one leader, striking the ball as good as anybody in the field. And he is, well, he was thirty-three to one. He's coming to twenty-eight to one, but he's still bigger, or the same price as Tommy Fleetwood, and their their careers are going in slightly different directions. And the first one, I, you know, the person I've taken off the board is Ian Poulter, and I just think he's just been so consistent. That I just he just consistently comes to this level and plays well, shows what he does. He's been fifteenth, sixth, third, and sixteenth here, back-to-back top six finishes after a slow start at the DP World Tour, 11th tee to green last week. To me, like I I will take Ian Poulter at 40-1 to one who's in form than the Tommy Fleetwood that's you know, his question marks about, Brad. So I think there's, yeah,
0: not there's a trio true. of
1: things to talk about there, I suppose.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Poulter, um, Westwood, they're just both so much more attractive to take right now than Fleetwood, which you'd never think to really say, but they're just... Um, performing a lot more consistently and yeah i mean hopefully it turns around for fleetwood i mean we all hes such a likable player isn't he? and uh we all wish him well but i mean it's just I, I couldn't take him not even at 50s i don't think i could take him this week basically. yeah i mean
1: you you would just probably just take it just for the sake of of the value num- wouldn't yeah, you? That's how you, you wouldn't would, take it out of faith would you and that's uh, no, that's where you're no. starting to worry about i I genuinely think Ian Poulter can get right in the mix this week and, and go for it, put the foot down, uh, and you know I think he he was really solid in, in bad conditions last week, so I like that. Jace, did you have any thoughts on Ian Poulter at all?
2: No, I get. You know, I think you've covered it, but uh, like he was superb at the DP. Mm. I mean, absolutely brilliant. Um, you know that out in recent outing, you come on for that. I mean, I I really don't back Poulter to be honest with you, but I can't argue.
1: No fair enough uh, Brad the next one for you was Dean Burmeister on your card yes um, coming slightly from you what know, you picked him at 50 to 1 um, mm-hmm. there's been some movement on him you can still get 45 if you take less places 40s uh, with the 8 places would you still be a backer at 40 to 1 with the 8 places
0: I think I would be yeah I think uh, that's actually where I was kind of expecting him to be if I'm being yeah. honest um, but yeah he's just another player who's just really strong off the tee and um, hopefully can make the most of those par 5s one of the biggest hitters on tour. And he's just, um, he had a really good year last year, didn't he? he? Got back into the winning circle, not once, but twice in Tenerife and back home in South Africa. So he's, he's looking to build on that. And he just seems like he is a player who could go to that, possibly next level. But yeah, solid enough performance last year last week sorry and uh, he gradually improved as the week went on like he closed with a 69 finished tied 25th and ranked first off the tee which is typical of uh, me so um, he's just got let down by the flat stick which is not usually the case of him so he did start to improve towards the end and if it continues to then he'll be right up there this week
1: yeah I think I liked what he did last year at at the tail end where he, he performed where we expected him to like he won that event in South Africa at the PGA Championship. Finished sixth for the DP World Tour, where he always plays well. Went back to South Africa again and finished fourth, and then 25th to start the season. Jason, you you know you spoke about Dean Burmester a lot when we first started this podcast, and and I think you're a big admirer before that as well. Um, do you sort of share the sentiment that he can take the next step? Is this is this his level and and that's it, or can he sort of kick on from here? Because it would no be not. this sort of event that he needs to win.
2: Burmester was my confident three-figure selection in this last year. Yeah, he um, was 100 to one um, last year. This, um, do I think he's any better? No, I think he's. I don't just think he was overpriced last year. Um, yeah, Burmester's brilliant, and um, I, I'm a big fan of his. I can absolutely see why. I mean, yes, you will be bricking it if he hits the front, and you know, um, just because, like I said, he gets so passionate about his game. Um, Discussed it hundreds of times, Tom, haven't we? You know, the way he, he has the long putts and he, he leaves them over the edge and he falls on the floor. And it, it, I think he's great. Um, last week, absolutely fantastic. Third driving distance, 20 greens in reg. Scrambling was good. Tito so Green, he was sixth. Um, par five, I think, over the season, he's eighth or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't see, I'd I like to see him do it in, in a field like this. Um where you've got, you know, a couple of the world's best in there. Um, I think, you know, it, I think he needs to sort of be sitting there three or four off the pace coming to yeah. the finals day and then hitting yeah. sixty-four That's or sixty-five really or something. Yeah. Um, great fan of his. My, my, do you know what? I actually had him on the list at forty-five, fifty, and then I listened to last year's, where I put him up for hundred. And I'm just trying <laughs> to work out. I'm just trying to work out where that sits. To be honest with you.
0: Um, so he's on the that, list. Still. I think that kind of shows, like the the reflects the year he's had. And uh, yeah, I, I have no but I suppose I didn't, I wasn't on him last year, so I suppose. Oh no, no, you, you can tough. only
2: judge, you can only judge, you
0: know, what's in front of you,
2: can't you? Yeah, um, I think there's that's, no reason, no reason why why he won't be there. Um, yeah. and, and and yeah, I can't argue. It's purely a price thing. But then, because yeah, you're would, on the Would, it would I make it? him? Do you know what I mean? Would I make him any bigger than, than that? Then no. Mm. Um he's in a group of, of, you know, decent players, isn't he there? At around 45, 50 or one. I, I love him to bits and I I, I do you know what I'd actually happen to watch him without that being on, but if, you know, if Brad's on, he's banned to win, so it's fine. Yeah. So, I think I think what you're sort yeah, I mean, Put it like this, thirty five is too short. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty five yep. is definitely too short. What price have you got in that, Brad?
0: I got fifties.
1: So, oh, okay.
2: yeah, so, yeah, that's fine.
1: I think that, kind to summarise that it's kind of like where he got his wins is what is this, in the last year was kind of what you expected of him in the past, Jason, and just knew he always could get at. So you don't see him making a, a huge stride. You just think that he was bound to do that at some point, and to win this and be these sort of prizes, I guess maybe go up another level. I I, I don't. That's how I interpreted what you said, but. You look at you say you want him to win at this level. I mean, Thomas, we just said Thomas Peters has just done it. You know that he just won his biggest event. So if Burmese does that quality, then that's something you need to know about. Yep. Um, any more in this sort of? So we have got. I'll go from Robert McIntyre, Bellow, Herbert Hogard, Arnells, Kansa Hogard, Horsfield, Jason. Any of those for you?
2: Well. I, I I don't bank Bob much because, as you know, we've just saved up to lump on at the Open. Um, and in fact, when I listened to last year, we spoke about Bob, and uh, I did say it, he was going to win the 2022 or 2023. So last so year he's was. He's two years year. yet. Last year was a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Um, appealing, most appealing of those, to be honest with you, is Nikolai. Yeah. But, uh, I think Hogard actually is a very fair price. Yeah. Um, just finding notes now. but Tom's the best right. Carry yeah. um, <laughs> on talking while I find him. Oh yes, yeah, well, all right. Right, all right. No, it's fine. Uh, yeah, uh, just outside the top 20 in par fives the whole season last year. Um, I know he missed the cat last week, but he was 14th off the tee on day one. Day two, you can, you know, take, as you said, it was nightmare conditions. Um, overall, over the two days, he was 48th tee to green. He was 17th on day one and then nightmare, obviously, on day two. So I'm looking at the positives. So I've been told to look at the positives on people <laughs> and not the negatives. Um, look, we're we're... You know, I think all three of us are big fans of Nikolai, and we, we yeah. I think, um, again, in my opinion, I think Rasmus is going to be suited to PGA, and yeah. Nikolai possibly win more over here in the end. Like you um, say, so you can ignore round two last week, you know, it's many things, that, many factors, take it, but look at him going into it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Second in Portugal for 64, both at the DP Worlds. Um, smashes at an absolute mile. Peter um, green when he's right. Look at his... I mean, he's, you know, found 12 shots at Italy. Uh, uh, found 13 at uh, the Czech. Uh, 11 at Portugal. Hasn't been round here, which which I don't think is too much of an issue, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I don't think that would put it... Pretty... No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, he's fourth at the... Yeah, as we said, he's fourth at the DP. He, and he's had the run-out. 69 first round was absolutely fine. Um, hmm. You know, in fact, all his... He's, he's, you know, his opening rounds, when you look back, are actually pretty decent for the majority of his events. Yeah, I think he'll come on for that. And it, it may be a, a decent thing that he hasn't had to play the weekend in contention last week. And 60-1, to one, I, I, again, I'm not sure what it was earlier because I was really busy. Um, but looking at it, it may be he was 70 or something like that, which is completely wrong. Absolute nice. nonsense. So, yeah, uh, yeah, for me, anything around about 60, eight places is uh, huge value on Nicola
1: the tie 2 at the Portugal Masters not insignificant either is it there's quite a oh. lot of crossover uh, in this event Alvaro Quiros has won both Brandon Stone has been second in both Herbert uh, was second in Portugal and then one here um, I think was it was Steve Webster's won Portugal and finished in top 5 here um, loads loads of stuff like that Tom Lewis won Portugal third here Quiros won both so not insignificant Andy Sullivan done the same as well um, won Portugal second here so plenty of crossover with that I think that's a good little pointer there. I didn't go with him just because I sort of said, I hope he plays poorly last week and then goes out to a bigger price this week and he's just been the same price. But that might just sort of tell you that that is what he is and that that is the price he should be at. And in retrospect, maybe last week he was bigger because we didn't know he'd had the week where he missed a cut. So...
0: Um, mm. Well, he's gone from 45s to 66s, that's what i Because, I mean, I did consider him to take him again this week, I must admit, because, I mean, it does feel like a good fit. It really does. Um, but yeah, You know
2: what? Sorry, do you know what? That, that, there we are. If you look at somebody like Hogard and Fleetwood against each other, for example, and Hogard's missed the cut, Fleetwood obviously hasn't. We both know that round two was nightmarish. We expected Fleetwood to do better, but in the day he still beat Hogard by a few shots. Um, and yet, you want to be with Hogard. And it just shows that, like, like you know, the actual result is is not what you're looking at, is it? It's what's got to that result. And I think there's so much progression in his game that you just put a line for round two, and you go, yeah, he's open for 69. He's played absolutely perfectly well. He's top 10% of the field off the tee, which you need here, and and basically top fifth of the field in, in tee to green. So it's, it's perfect. Why is he, as you say, why is he 15 points bigger than last week? Absolutely no reason. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. No, I think there's a lot there. I think, I think ultimately it just depends what level you think he is. And and most of us, the consensus is that he's going to be a top European tour, DP World Tour player for a long time. Um, and and you can still get sixty-six to one about him. I mean, this
0: there's, Harrington there's as well was speaking really uh, big on him um, when he was on the out. Co- oh, he Harrington was brilliant on the commentary. Yeah. yeah the stint and and uh, yeah, he was speaking very highly of Nikolai, and saying how but, uh, good he is with the driver
1: the thing that's right is that I remember listening back to this podcast Jason we talked about Adrian Arnaus last year and how he was oh. 66 to 1 and that he might break through in this sort of event and he's still not done anything yet uh, he's, you know, he's been in contention again but still not kicked on Hoygaard's got that win uh, looks more likely to win again before Arnaus actually gets his first win and here they are at the same price Laurie Kan's the same price I know Laurie Kan's has had flashes in bigger events and probably arguably should have won one by now Um mm. But yeah, you know, I'm surprised that they're the same price, especially. But uh, my favorite pick of the week, I think, and uh, Brad, you're on as well, is, is Lee Westwood. Um, yes. I think he is ridiculously overlooked here in the market. I think 66 to 1, 8 places um, mm. is is phenomenal. I think I'm just looking over at the page. I'm to have to check the app just to make sure it's right. But it looks like he's 94 to 1 on the exchange as well. Um, he was second in tee to green oh, last, awesome week. last week, awesome. uh, sixth in strokes gain approach. I know he's the type that's experienced, can deal with those conditions. You know, maybe he benefits from it being tougher, but mm-hmm. that just shows he's got complete control of his golf ball, right? And that's what we need from Lee Westwood. There was a period of time at the end of last year where it looked like it might be coming to a, an abrupt end after a really good couple of years. Um, got married, maybe he took his eye off the ball, like his son's coming through, etc. Loads of things to distract him. Comes straight out, has a good week last week, strikes the ball as good as anybody else in the field, um, loves the Middle East, he's yep. twice been second in his golf course, seven top tens in total, and uh, I'm really, really keen on his chances at 66 to 1, and he's actually 100 to 1 uh, on the exchange win only.
0: Well, that's brilliant. Yeah, and I'm to get to off add that. on. I, he was just um, really good last week and it was just painful. He could have been really up there had a few putts gone in. They were lipping out and they were just not going in and he just needed a bit more luck. But as, as you already mentioned, a green. It just sort of highlights how good he was. And, you know, he looks fitter than ever at 48 and still packs a, a punch off the tee. So I don't know if he, if he can put in the same sort of tee to green performance and the putts start to drop. I really can't see why he can't win this week
1: no i mean i just i was i was just i was getting worried about him last year but he got progressively better every round in terms of his actual finishing position 54 42nd 37th 20th 76 9 over the weekend were his best two uh rounds and you just look at even like i know a lot of his like, best stuff is from years ago this golf course but even 7th and 17th in recent memory is fine at the prices that he is um so I'm, I'm pretty confident with that um jason anything else to add on lee westwood at all no 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 fan of
2: westwood and, and we saw casey do this last year and was brilliant last year actually he was in front of casey mm. um same sort of generation um yeah why, why not why not he's happy in life and he hasn't got much to chase is he um, nope. and obviously he made that comment that you know he he considers himself a Ryder Cup player rather than he considers for the captaincy. So, you know he's got pro- he's got to prove that. Well, now exactly. And, uh, you
0: know. that's the motivation. is he's, he's, mm. he's got to be winning these kind He'll of events.
1: Yep. And that was that was meant to be announced last week, right? There was meant to be an announcement on the Ryder Cup captain. It's been delayed. Uh, the talk is that Stenson's been told to choose between money and captaincy. Um, but I think there's one of them is not I fair. But a
2: Donald anyway. but...
1: I think so, so. This was my thing, and this I don't want to go diverge too much, but I think Luke Donald has started to quickly get his game back in shape, yeah. and it would be really, really damaging for him to take his captaincy right now. Um, Carlson. So I think Robert Carlson would be the one that gets it if Carlson Donald takes it down. Um, so, yeah, but like you say, Westwood has got to prove that, and I think that's a really good point because if he comes out and says, I'm a, I'm a Ryder Cup player, not a captain, and then suddenly he has the a season like at the end of last season, um, then he's going to probably wish he took that Ryder Cup captaincy. But uh, yeah, for now, I'm, I'm more than happy to take a chance on him. Um, Jace, any more for you before we get into the triple digits?
2: Uh, no, I don't think he's. Tri- oh, let's just make sure he's triple digits before we say no. I'm sure he must be. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: No, Brent. Brad- Fred, you were on Adrian else after all the stuff I just said about him. So give us give us the uh, the spill on Adrian.
0: Well, it just as you mentioned earlier, the breakthrough win just seems to be evaded him, like similar to Canter. But he's had a few opportunities. He just can't get it over the line. But I'm sure it will come in time. He's too talented not to. And it, if it's going to come anywhere, it feels like it will come in the desert or in Spain. And. Uh, He lives out here now in Dubai and stated in the past is one of his favourite events. So he's played here three times, he's always done well. Finishes of 29th, 3rd and 9th, clearly suits his eye. And it makes a lot of sense considering how strong he is off the tee. So decent enough for first performance of the year last week. Shook off a bit of rust and finished strongly with a round of 65 to post the lowest round of the day. So he'll be coming into this with a spring in his step. And um, yeah, I think he looks a good bet at 60s to win were you on him last year would
1: you yeah yeah i put him up last year and
0: i remember if i was or not I, it
1: doesn't should. necessarily put me off because i don't think there's no there's nothing that happened last year that makes me think he can't go well again like do you know what i mean like it's yeah. more just the fact that i think at 60 to 1 i like to have someone i think has win value and at the moment i don't know that he does i think he's mm. i think he'll place in this and you know and I think your line of thinking is similar to what I've said about Peters and, and people like that is that get them at this price now in this field because I think he's just as likely to win this event as he is anything like it, it just it just it's all exactly. he's only against himself right like the talent level is he good seems, enough to win in this competition seems to show up
0: in certain spots you know like as in stuff that really like courses that really favour him and obviously this is one that does really suit his eye so yeah I, I had to I really had to yeah, um, no, he's come I, I, he's come close to me uh, in the, the Madrid Open, so I'm going back for for more pain. Yeah, it it could well be pain. Um, but just a word on Paul
1: Casey before we move on. He was really struggling at Singapore Open, I think after round is, one. I think yeah. he didn't he play with the 15 year old. I can't remember his name. Oh uh, yeah, Ratchon Chant or or
0: not, whatever it is. And
1: and they they both interviewed together, and he was he was basically saying that he was That's brilliant it, and that you. he had to sort of chase him and. And, and he really fought to make that cut and, and that's kind of the thing that him and Rose and Westwood and Poulter and people like that have always just done and that's really easy to group them all together but they're, they're kind of those competitors that will Jason I remember a quote that you made about Justin Rose and, and playing every round like he's in contention it seems like Casey does that so I just wonder if that kind of round that he did to get over the cut line may just play into his hands here but I don't, I, he's not quite catching it for me at the shorter price but I thought it was interesting that he, uh, and worth mentioning that he did have that kind of fighting made cut yeah, yeah. Um, he,
2: should be, he could be over there as well couldn't he there's a few of these could be over at the farm isn't there
1: it's, there is uh... there is there's, You know, I mean Victor Hovland had a good chance of winning that tournament last year didn't he over yeah. at Torrey Pines and, and melted down the back and that was sort of the last time we, we felt he had sort of errors in his game um, but yeah Adam Scott you'd think would, would play well over there and I know he's sort of put his time in the Middle East this year, but yeah, Roy McIlroy especially, so it's interesting to see the kind of split, but um, one last one that I kind of was tempted on before I go into my last couple of picks was uh, Shabanka Sharma, I thought he was a little bit overpriced considering what he'd done last week, um, I think he's slightly better than the market's giving him credit for, because I thought he was rock solid for the most part, you know, he had a couple of blow up holes throughout the week, one a day it seemed to be. Um, which really cost him the tournament in the end rather than what he did down the stretch. So I was kind of impressed with him, 100 to eight places still available. So I thought he was one that's worth looking at, but maybe a kind of fantasy play over into that. But for me, the next pick was Jeff Winter. I think that he... That <laughs> Jason, Jason, you on Jeff Winter as well? Carry on. <laughs> okay, so Jeff Winter um, shot 65 here in round three back in 2020. Uh, he was 10th and 7th in strokes going approaches last two, 8th and 9th in strokes going tee to green. Uh, since his win, he's had a 69th, which was poor, but 21st and 6th since then. Uh, all rounds under par last week in really tough conditions. Tied third in Qatar in 2020. And I'm assuming Jason's got more to say on Jeff Winter as well.
2: Yeah, but I thought I thought nobody in the world was on him again. <laughs> to be honest, um, yeah, you've covered it. I mean, twenty-one, he was seventeenth after the first round year before on his debut, he was thirteenth going into payday. Um, yeah, I, I think he's running under the radar. Not convinced he's long enough, and yet, um, you know, his par five performances aren't that bad. Um, yeah. I, I I, I, yeah, I did think he was too big and. It, it nags me because I really don't think he's good enough. Um but just what he's doing and, and again another player that now you've got over the line is has just found self confidence, you know. You you are not worried of, you're not worried about your card are you, you're not worried about money. Yeah. Um I absolutely agree with you, Son. Um yeah, I've got the figures in front that's boring to goes through them all the time. But yeah, absolutely. I thought hundred and twenty five was wrong. Um played fantastic role last week.
1: And uh, I'm with you, mate. It's one of those ones, right, that I think I kind of put up Jeff Winter a couple of times in the early days where you were kind of hoping for a place because you didn't think he could win. Um, Then you obviously put him up at Mallorca at the site of his first win and and had the second place there as well and was really impressive in that. And since then, like you say, he just seems to have freed him up and Mm -hmm. it's now you have to make a decision of whether you believe in the talent of Jeff Winter as someone that can continue on. I know you just said there that you're still not sure whether he's good enough, but it feels like the market is completely writing him off when he's actually better than that. I hate to keep making like keep making comparisons back to the lower part of the market, but you know we're looking at Jordan Smith that can't make a putt is like eighty to one in places, and um, I don't know Matt Wallace has been off the boil for a extremely long period of time. They Alexander Bjork is half the price. Yeah, they get beat, don't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: No, they all got
1: uh, beat last week, didn't they? On both sides, Atlantic. So. Yeah. To me, I, I, yeah, I just thought it was worth chancing him uh, 125 to one um, My final selection and yours, Brad, so I'm going to let you tee off, is Ashen Wu.
0: Yeah, well, just uh, has a fantastic record here, doesn't he, which immediately catches the eye. Uh, six starts, only missed a cut once, and then his last two starts finished sixth and ninth had a really good chance of winning it back in 2020 but shot a final round 77 in the last pairing to fall away he's a player in good form last two starts 16th at the Mallorca open and 12th last week so surely he must be high on confidence off the back of them results ranked 14th on approach and 59th off the tee at yas links so it's nice to see he's dialled in with the irons because he's usually a player who relies on his off the tee game so i like to think he'll improve on that this week and he just looked a very attractive bet in the triple digits
1: just the type of guy as well that it seems to be repeat performances in the places he likes and exactly yeah and you know where you're going to backwash and wound where not to and I remember putting him up last year for the Saudi uh, because he was like 740 to 1 on the exchange or something ridiculous. Um, and I did that based on the fact that he'd played so well here the week before, struck the ball really well, and just generally plays the Middle East nicely. And, you know, these things do translate. and you know, if he's going to keep coming back to this tournament and doing well, again, one of those people you're not expecting to so overpower a golf course. A bit more like in the mould of a Jeff Winter and maybe he needs it a little bit tougher to actually get over the line as opposed to placing it. But you know, 125 to one places, I'll take the place money on Ashram. I think there's some incredible value on that, you know, part of the bet. So as much as I, I do think he's someone that can win, so as much as I, you know, talking about the place money there, I do think he can get over the line as well. Uh, wouldn't rule that out. So I do like uh, Ash and Wu there. Um, I said that's my last pick. I've got one at 200 to one. Jason, have you got any more on this one?
2: Uh, yeah, just run for him very quickly. Um, Alex Bjork, who I had last week, faded on late but played really, really well for um, the vast majority of the tournament. Uh, ended up finishing in the top 20 and he's he's basically just 10 points shorter than last week. Um, likes it in Dubai. Um Playing really, really well. And I, I do think he's underrated um, problem is I don't want him to played too well because when I'm on, it'll be like 25s later <laughs> in the year. Um, so Björk was a definite one. I did think that Brad would put up his uh, old mate um, Takumi. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it really, to be honest with you, that was, that was excellent last week. It was uh, good, money.
0: Yeah, have
2: and, and I have to be honest, I did think he'd be a bit shorter than 75 to 1. 70, 75 to 1. Mm.
0: Uh,
2: He's on again. He's on a long list, but it's been difficult because golf has just been taken over. I've had time to really sort of narrow it down, but he's definitely on the list at 75. And as we saw with um, Lee when he held off Rory, you know, it it can be done, can't it? Um, Mm. Playing really well, probably. I would have said probably his biggest test last week so far. You you know, and and yeah, I thought he performed. I don't see how you can complain about what he did. He's bound to come on for it. So he was appealing. Bjork was appealing. Um, I'll just, very quickly, I don't know why Moronk
1: withdrew last week,
2: if anybody knows, not sure yeah. why. He- health
1: he- reasons. I, there, was okay. a, there was a guy in uh, Poland tweeting about it, and I translated yeah. the tweet and it just said health reasons, I tried to get him to elaborate, um, and couldn't, so not entirely sure.
2: So, right, that's fine. So so he goes off, but otherwise he would have peeled. And one that I'm really going to look for, um, come on, oh, God, computer's crashing, fantastic. Um, <laughs> one that I'm going to look for for some sort of specialist bet, you talk about the old Guy Lee Westwood, he's yeah. Pod. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Pod is playing fantastic golf. I mean, I don't know where he's getting this from. Um, you know, we know that every so often he pops up. He pops up when it's really windy and it's linksy because that's that's what he does. Uh, yeah. But I must be honest, I'm absolutely amazed the way he's playing at the moment. You know, 18th over there, the champions come over. He's gone 12th in Portugal, which we know is significant. Eighth um, at the Dubai Championship. Uh, top 20 last week in abu he's driving the ball fantastically um he's green game's great uh, i mean he's he's you know he's a his scrambling has always been you know obviously one of his key elements um yeah he's got a second here he's got a six here last year 175 to 1 I'd, I'd be amazed if he won um but why not i don't i really don't see why not it's, well, I, think it's it's only, the... I think it's only because if you speak to, well, Pod's been going for 250 years, he can't win. <laughs> if you actually look at what's in front of you, I think 175 to
1: 1 too big. If you took the name out and just looked at it figures and form lines and things like that, you, you wouldn't think any differently, would you? You know, 12th, 8th, and 20th his last three starts. And that tied 6th that you referenced here last year was right in the midst of his Ryder Cup captaincy. He basically felt like he was just here to play with potential players, right? And shoots. Four rounds of, of par or better, and, and gets himself within eight of the lead. I know that doesn't sound as great as it is, but you know, just just the, in isolation, the last three results on their own are, are special. So I, I can see that. I think that's a, a shrewd pick up there. I yeah, the think he's uh... not. Sorry, Tom. Just very quickly, he's not just
2: doing it because it's horrendous. So you haven't had four days of like what Friday was. No. And Pod's too shrewd, and he floods his way around, and blah blah blah. He's actually scoring. He's not. Yeah. He's actually letting a lot of chances go. If you look at his conversion rate, stuff like that. Um, and it, it amazes me to say.
0: What it, can so. you get him at? One seven five. One seven five. Could get a nice number on top twenty then.
2: Well, that's what I'm thinking. That's what mm-hmm. I'm thinking. And, and you know, why not? I mean, again, he's he's along. You know, he's bigger than Andy Sullivan, who's, you know, we know he's whatever, right? Marcus Armitage. What's he gonna do? You know, um, there's lots here. There's lots here. And and you just looked at it, and I went, hold on.
0: It's
2: not quite right here. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: don't know. So I'm looking at. I'm looking I like at
0: something it. with it. I like it. Something
1: with him. Mm. Not someone yeah. I considered at all. No, I, I certainly didn't either. But you've uh, <coughs> certainly made the case from there. The other guy that I've, I've, uh, you know, this feels a bit wrong following up Podrick Harrington with this goal for a similar price. But Matthew Pavon um, was someone that sort of caught my eye when I was looking at the, the stats. And last three uh, finishes: 20th for Mallorca, second at Portugal, which we referenced earlier, is a bit of a link and 19th the last time we were in or uh, well, the second to last time we were in Dubai the last time he was in Dubai uh, at the Dubai Championship um, he was tied 11th and tied 24th here before, he was tied 5th after 36 holes in 2019 he's been 4th in tee to green over the last 15 weeks and 19th in strokes gain approach so hitting the ball really nicely um, Sky did mention to me on the, the show that we've just done that he did withdraw late last week so I don't actually know the reason for that um, so I may have to do a bit more digging to find mm. that out um, I don't know if, if you've said anything Brad but I haven't um, seen anything no but, but 200 to 1 with the 8 places kind of suggested to me that just the way he's hitting the ball the fact that he probably mm. likes his part of the world has played well here in the past I think he's much I don't know well, much better as a bit of a stretch but I think he's improved on that time where he was here when he was 5th out of 36 I think he could kick on um, so I liked him at longer odds yeah. but let's unless anyone's got any more let's go over to the farmers cupid may work hard in february but our friends at manscaped are working harder than ever to ensure that your valentine's day is one to remember don't turn this day of romance into independence day this year and get in control with their performance package 4.0 which includes a signature law this february join 4 million men worldwide who trust manscaped with our exclusive offer of 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping with the code LFW20, that is LFW20 on the Loss for Words podcast. Contrary to popular belief, love is not blind when you can't see past the love jungle. Folks, we know how important it is to have clean, fresh golf balls, but it is also your balls that we must prioritise on Valentine's Day, and the Performance Package 4.0 will leave you with more dating app notifications than Cupid has arrows. This lovely bundle comes equipped with the best tools needed when freshening up for a night on the town, and a date night is your young lady. So once again, that is code LFW20 for 20% off and free worldwide shipping on manscaped.com. Fellas, look after your balls both on and off the golf course in February. Um, Farmer's Insurance Open. We don't really need to talk too much about Torrey Pines. We know what it is by now. If we you don't, you'll probably listen to the wrong podcast. Um, north and South course. North is obviously easier, but I think the gap has sort of narrowed since the renovation in 2016. Um it did used to matter. You used to sort of have to start on the South Course and and go North Course, then South Course over t- the uh, the final two rounds. But it's uh, been quashed over the last three times, so that no longer matters. Uh, top of the market: John Rahm 15 to two, very obvious favourite. Justin Thomas 12 to one. Xander Shoffle 16 to one. Hideki Matsuyama 20 to one. Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, and Daniel Berger at 22 to one. I think there's one massive outlier here for me, Jason, in this group of players. Um, I think there's one that's a really wrong price, to be honest. I don't know if there's anything you've got before I go into that. Well, I might have. I don't know. I don't know what you can say, do I? Well, I'll let you, I'll okay. you go first, then we'll see if we match.
2: Um, I think, I think uh, the, you know, I mean, obviously Xander. Xander will be there because that's what Xander does. Um, and uh, for me, there were, there were, you know, three courses to really concentrate on apart from Obviously, the farmers, and that was uh, Riviera, Mm. uh, Muirfield, and uh, Bay Hill, which comes up um, plenty of times. If you look at, I don't know, obviously, Riviera's got the same grass. uh, So we understand that, you know, Bay Hill can get really, really difficult and you have to be accurate. Um, And obviously, Muirfield's a classic course as well. (laughs) We're going through those leaderboards over the last three or four years. um, They're the courses that continue to come up. Um, And when I find the market, I'll be able to to (laughs) Opinion. um I, i'm really interested in what dj does yeah. um i don't know if that's who you were thinking of It wasn't no he wasn't okay I, i'm i'm fascinated to see what he does this is um
0: he needs a big performance doesn't he you're you well, so
2: fascinated me he, he does he does um I, I, i'm not going to back him he's not on the he's not on the list
0: but what but odds he, was he last year was he like something like nines ten i don't know i can't even remember i think he was sure
1: did he play this last year, or did he just play the US Open? Was it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, US Open, yeah, US Open, yeah. But but he would have been probably 10, 12 to
0: one. Yeah. Um, Based off his performances, yeah.
1: So it's funny you mentioned the courses you mentioned because I've got uh, some slightly different ones. So Glen Abbey at the Canadian Open uh, was somewhere that came up a lot, not particularly because it's a similar test, but I think the grass, I think the you know the designer and things like that. Uh, had some influence he finished he won that in 2018 uh, the Travelers Championship comes up an awful lot um, Bubba Watson's won that three times Won here, Mark Leishman's won both, Harris English has uh, won that and finished a playoff here uh, Kevin Strillman's won there, finished third here Stallings won uh, here, six for the Travelers JB Holmes and John Rollins finished runner-up at both events, Chris Riley runner-up at both events so just KJ Choi as well so it's just an athletic mix of uh, players that finish runner up at both Uh, DJ's obviously won at both of those tournaments only problem with DJ I thought was just we've seen enough times that he doesn't like the golf course like Mm. he just really doesn't doesn't like it doesn't get on with it tries not to play it and then when he does he doesn't play it very well I know he was third here in 2011 but other than that Jason there's been nothing
2: no, 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 absolutely. As I say, he was the fascinating one for me because, like you say, yeah. he's got plenty top 10, top 20s around there as well. OK, he's missed the cut three times at Muirfield but he's got top 10 there, but is that just because he's classy yeah. uh, or that he really likes it? Um, don't know, but like I say, he was a fascinating one because on his best, this is a huge price, isn't it? And there's evidence where we go, oh, he's playing average, but there's nothing to say, you know, we're not sitting there going, oh, he's really gone at the game or anything like that. And he just could be a big price. Um, he could not be as well.
1: My thing with Dustin Johnson is that the majority of what he's been doing, because uh, he's been posting some better results, but it's been led by his putting. Uh, his ball striking has been pretty rough. Yeah. So I'm gonna gonna leave him based on that. But I did I did agree with you. He did stand out. But the one for me that really stood out was Hideki Matsuyama. I just think that he's twenty to one when. He's won three times over the last nine months, including the major championship. Could have been four. He lost in a playoff in the WGC. And this is a tournament that should, despite his sort of course form being up and down, really suit him. Like, he, he's just he's just been brilliant. Like, he was 8th and 5th his last two starts in Ts green. 5th and 25th in approach. Obviously, coming off the win at the Sony. We know as well that he just backs up his wins. Like, when he... Uh, won the WGC Bridgestone 2017. He finished fifth at the PGA Championship, which was obviously a major. Straight after that, 2016 he won the uh, WGC Championship and uh, won the next two events. First came the Japanese Tour, and then won the Hero World Challenge. So in 2016 he went fifth, first, second, first, first, first. Like I know they were lower grade events, and I know this is top of the
0: tree and a really strong field, but still nice. takes something to back. Uh... To, to back up a win doesn't
1: it yeah he's just got previous and I think I like that and the reason I thought he stood out at the Sony and, and I don't know why I didn't back him out right really because I, I, I kind of talked myself out of it but he mm. overcame course form that was a bit mixed like he had two decent finishes there and nothing else mm-hmm. and it's a very similar story here like he's missed two cuts but otherwise he's been you know solid he's in a 16th for 12th and a 3rd like yeah. I just think that's been overlooked like it just seems to me that people think it can't carry on and i just think that now he's won that major championship he said it himself like it was a relief to win the masters it's not i can't believe i finally achieved a career goal it was a relief and that is everything you need to hear about japanese athletes they just get hounded don't they Mm -hmm. um so 20 to 1 for me i just thought he was excellent
0: value so i just took him uh
1: not even based on the fact that i think he's the best fit i think you know I think that it's gone to a
0: the new won. level since the Masters you think. yeah
1: like just a different different player and at 20 to 1 if he was 14 to 1 I'd just left him alone but 20 to 1 just feels yeah like people don't think he can might. carry on like, well, it's the only sport we always say it it's the only sport where if someone keeps winning you just keep trying to find reasons not to back him because he can't carry on yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not going to do that so um Brad, I think you were you were talking about Daniel Berger earlier. Was
0: it? yeah, I mean, he just I just don't see him has many weaknesses to be honest, other than the fact he's another one that hasn't really got the best of course form here, other than um, that showing at the US Open. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, a lot appealed to me. Great player, in good form, um, just. Couldn't get there in the. I just think twenty. It was twenty twos, and then he went to twenties, and I think you could. I think he might have gone back to twenty twos. I just thought that I wanted twenty fives. I think I just felt a bit bit skinny. Yeah, I just couldn't get there. But I so thought that's a lot. It, to like it. There's t-
1: there's two ways you can look at it. Is that the way he's been hitting the ball is better than anybody basically in the world, other than maybe John Rahm and Colin Rocca. Um, he's you know he's out he's out flushing Justin Thomas of his irons. For, for an extended period of time now um, so he should improve on his previous here I do just think the US Open suited him better just to set up the, the mm-hmm. run of the fairways etc um, and, and like you say when he was coming in at 20 to 1 and Hideki was the same price it was quite easy for me to rule him out exactly. um, the one for me that I will be a bit disappointed if he wins because I it feels a bit like Hideki at Sony like 20 to 1 about Bryson when the reason that is about is because of his poor course form, right? In 2017 and 2018, he missed both cuts. But that was long before he made this. Well, not long before, but before he made this transformation into the player he is now. Like his approach to this golf course is going to be completely different. Um, was he fourth, third, or fourth? I think two back when he uh, in the U.S. Open before blowing up in the final round. Like he was, he was right in the mix, wasn't he? I think he was in fourth place and shot seventy-seven on the final day. So I just think that he could just completely annihilate his golf course. I've gone with someone at longer odds with the same skill set, but mm. Jason, I thought Bryson was someone to be uh, to look at. Okay. <laughs> you, you obviously don't. You don't trust his scrambling, I'm guessing. No, no of course not. Sam Burns is uh, is another one that that's coming in here at twenty-five to one. Uh, Jason, did you have any thoughts on him as
2: well? Oh, he's, he's, he's flying, but they've got to him now, haven't they? Books have got yeah. him. Um, I don't see how he's... I mean, there's there's plenty down there with, with equal talent, I think. Um, <laughs> a bigger price, and that's what it has to be about. You know, you want to put Burns in at 45.50, then yeah. But I, I can't back him at that price. Um, you know, I think he's been found. Um, he comes off... Um, he comes off his favourite putting surface as well doesn't he um, yeah, yeah uh, Burns is great you know good luck he'll probably sneak in the Ryder Cup team somewhere at some point um, and no problem with him other than the fact it's not his fault that he's priced too short
1: yeah no I agree with that and um, Brad we were talking about you know Berger Burns and, and your man Scotty Scheffler you're going to go mm-hmm. with like I think when you know the way I put it to you, and, and hopefully I haven't led you astray, and, and we go the wrong way in the end, but it's whether you believe Scotty Scheffler can do what Sam Burns did That's like right, last yes. year. Like long term, is he going to be the same sort of winner?
0: Mm. Oh no, I really couldn't decide because, like I said to you earlier, my head said either Burns or burger but my gut said Scheffler breakthrough. It was just a seriously tough one for me, and um I think I needed to sort of have a chat with you to sort of just. Get myself back in uh, the Scotty camp because I do gem- generally believe in him. That he's he's just as good of a talent as uh, Burns, like an elite talent as Burns. but Yeah, he had that good performance at the U.S. Open, but the conditions were different. But it's it's got to count for something. Even a confidence builder, if anything, that he can perform here. I mean, a thirty to one. I do think there's quite a bit of juice in that price. I really like the price. Um, I just think that the first win, once he gets his first win, there won't be much to stop him. A bit like Burns, he will just be on that upward trajectory. And you know he's shown before that he can go low on the North Course. Shot a 65 last year, which is definitely important as scoring gets a hell of a lot tougher after that. So, yeah, unfortunately last last year after he hit, shot that 65, he followed that up with a 79 to miss the cut for the second time in two starts. So. He's not, he's, I'm not picking him. There's not there's not much course form, but you can refer back to that performance at the U.S. Open where he finished seventh, and also at the other events with similar scoring, like at Murfield and Concession, where he finished inside the top five. So he's got all the attributes, and it's one of those where I'm not taking much notice of the course form, just trusting how much he's improved as a player in the last year. So yeah, and he's steady enough performance last week as well so I just think the win is on the horizon and uh, yeah hopefully this week
1: <laughs> yeah I mean look he's had what three top fours in his last what is it five starts um, third of the exactly. moral last year yeah. like you said like could have won the match play fifth at the concession just it's all year like there's there's it's not like he's had one really strong period he's had all year round he's just been in contention the worry is he hasn't got over the line one of the things I sort of said to you now he's got Ted Scott on the bag that feels like a, a big plus plus. Um, especially around his golf course, where Bubba's obviously won in the past. Um, I, I still struggle to get to him from the perspective that I think he's lost a lot smaller events than this. But like what I keep saying to you, and like I've said to others, eventually you do have to get over the line. And if you believe in a long-term talent, you might as well back him because it doesn't even—it's not even going to take his first win for him to come down to fourteen to one. He's already going off at fourteen to one in other events. It's just yeah. it, you know, so you might as well take it. I think. Um, and I like what you said about the north course as well. Like everyone focuses on the south course, and rightly so. There's three rounds there. But if you don't have the ability to go and shoot 66 65 at north course, then you are going to be out of it anyway because you won't be able to make up the shots on the south. That's right. Yeah. I put up Wills Zadatouris alongside Hideki Matsuyama uh, on my odds checker article. This was before the odds came out. It was also then some early 40s. He's now coming into sort of like 25 28s and. I wouldn't be a backer at that price, I must admit. Um, but absolutely everything to like. I think it's a better golf course for him this week than it was last week. Um showed that with a seventh here last year. Just, you know, got himself back into contention last week after a you know really rough period. Um and that's what I needed to see from him to contend. So I do like his chances. I did like him a lot more at 40s, 33s or or backing him on the exchange win only would probably be the way to go for me. Um, I couldn't take the twenty fives or thirties to try and nick a place with the eight places. Um, Jason I need for you around a sort of thirty to fifty to one mark? Uh on the list,
2: I'm not sure again. Is female. Yeah. Um, and I never, ever, ever, ever,
1: ever, ever, ever say female, ever. But making, you know, you got some to have exceptions a... this week, aren't you?
0: Tony female, yes, Thomas absolutely. Peters. I got for... my fingers burnt last week again by Tony. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. I mean you've got you know, you've got to have a, a way you're looking at and and you know, I looked at, like we said, the, the tournaments that I did. And there they are. I mean, his obvious course form here, um, you know, absolutely no problem. But, you know, again, at Riviera, he's got the 2 and the 15. He's only had two goes, I think, over in recent years anyway. At Bay Hill, where he's top 30. And at Muirfield, he's got 13 and an 8 over the last five years. Um, but I, I'm no, I I do think there may be an issue with Fina. I mean, his he's, he's accurate game has... Is not quite there, is it, at the moment? But he comes no. back to a course, obviously, that um, he adores. Uh, I, I don't know, but it's compared to what else I've got in the field. I'm not entirely convinced, but he, he definitely. Like, the thing I've got problem with Scotty Scheffler is, and I'm, I'm a fan of Sheffield, Fred, is that on these greens, obviously reading about the greens, and you mm-hmm. have to be extremely confident. On them. Um, you That's know,
0: the only downfall. Yeah, he a, He's yeah, not the, actually a very good
2: power putter. That's the only yeah. downfall. Yeah. The other thing is, is Kepke said that um, it's it's players that um, pick it off rather than, than sort of have divots. Uh, mm. Certainly when you hit the rough, people that, that drive down into it, um, and that may be a problem if Bryson goes into there. Um, mm. uh, he said, you know, he can't even he can't cope with it. Uh, but people like DJ, there's a reason because of just yeah, obviously their
0: their action and their
2: style. So that was the only thing about it. I do think Sheffield no, will win.
0: I agree, yeah. mate. Yeah, that was the one thing for me that I noted was that he hasn't got really a very good record putting on power. That's the only really thing that I didn't really like. Yeah. No, well um, and we know that
2: now you know, everything about him is about the Greens, isn't it? And, and whether we can trust him. And we know he's okay here. Um, and the other thing about Fienau interesting is, is, you know, we're not sure what he's like in contention, clearly. Um, but every time he's well, he's made it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven cuts since 2015. And when he's been there or thereabouts, he hasn't faded away. The last year he went 12. Well, he was second at halfway. He then dropped down at 12 and came, came second uh, in 2020. He's gone 17, 7, 6, it's 30, 16, 13. And I just think he's the type of bloke that may just nick you a six and seven. Whether you want to play that at 31, that's up to you. Um, it's on the limit, Tom, but he's on the list, so. You know, I think
1: I think for me it's just that now is now back on a golf course where he gets his edge back. Like it's a tough yeah. golf course; it rewards his driving. Like point and shoot is good for him. He can score low, but if he's not got it 100 percent that week, he's, he's not going to do it. Cause he's not going to make the parts. Whereas you know, on a on a, a tournament where ball striking really comes to the fore, and it's somewhere where course yeah. form especially is is key. Um, someone with four top six finishes is uh, someone to go to, isn't it?
2: I just think he, um, he might, you know, he's he's a confidence player, isn't he? And if he's if he's yeah. down, like you know that he's down, you know, he's not one of those players that is like, oh, okay, we'll take somebody like Brooks Pitt, for example, where he doesn't give a monkeys. You know, if he wants to play, he'll play. Whereas uh, you know, he doesn't care what anybody else thinks. Whereas I think Finau, he's a family man, and you know, he loves all that type of thing. And if it's going wrong, I think it'll affect him a lot more than than. You know, probably most of the people that we're going
1: to talk about in a minute. Yep, I agree with all of that. Um, this this range here, I'm not on any of them, but they're all going to have their backers. Mark Leishman's a former winner of the event, 40 to 1. Uh, Brooks Kepka gets backed at 35, 33 to 1, no matter what the tournament is. Jordan Spieth, similar sentiment. Taylor Gooch is 50 to 1, finally getting back out to a price that you could back him at, and he was third here. Uh, what was it three years ago now, four years ago now? Um, so that that's something to look at. Corey Connors, 40-1. Patrick Reeve, 40-1. to 1. Um, But my bet before you guys come on to your consensus pick was Matthew Wolfe at 66-1, to 1, eight places. It just feels like a, a buy low spot. It feels like everyone in the world got burnt on him last week because <laughs> he was, he looked big at 30, 33-1. And everyone took a chance to him after his great form in the fall. And, and he was absolutely you know, terrible, there's no two ways about it. I just think that the way he played I think it was his debut, he shot, he finished tied 21st here um, and he looked really good, he, he scored where he wanted him to score, he shot 66 on the north course, opened up with 76 his first uh, goal on the south course but he came back to that US Open and finished 15th and I think he was, what was he, 4th and 6th after the sec- uh, second and third round like, that was after three or four months away from the game you know two or three months away from the game and there's only certain people that can do that like real major champion caliber players that can come back from that kind of layoff and contend straight away in the biggest event so i will take the 66 to 1 8 places uh, happily there's i actually think it's probably a better play just to take him out right on the exchange at even bigger um because he's just that type of player that he'll either win or miss a cut yeah. um so yeah, I think he's a great play, and uh, you guys have got someone that's probably a little bit more reliable. Uh, Jason, let you come on to Max Homer.
2: No, I'll let Brad do Homer. That's okay.
0: a, I'm, my I'm, mate. I'm... Far away,
2: Not far away. Okay. Well, I mean, to me, I mean, this was absolutely... When I went through everything, um, obviously, when we're talking about Riviera, um, then we look at we look at Homer's record, and then when you, you know, you go into it, even to be honest, Tom, I did have the Travelers down on it, and yeah. I've got to put it in my uh, in my. Um, uh, what's it called, in, in my sort of spreadsheet type thing. Model, yeah. uh, however, that just boosts um, Homer's claim even more. He's extremely progressive everywhere he goes. But the AP, which I like, 49-24, then 10th. Over here, obviously, he's got the 9 and 18th. Genesis has got 37-5 first. Memorial, 37, missed cut sixth. And you want to bring in the Travellers, he's got the ninth and 18th. Um, he is about... Um, it, I'm looking at him and I see him. I'm not saying he's the same degree quality, but I see him very similar to Hovland. To be honest with you, Um he's extremely high quality team, a green player. I can see him doing exactly what Hovland did last year, where he's challenging the lead. I think it was two, two holes destroyed Hovland. That was the 14th, I think, um, on two days running where he went over the back. Um When Homer's right, his, his teeter green is just stunning. He's a confident putter. Um, he obviously loves California, you know. His record tells you that. Uh, I I I just loved him. I thought I thought he was teed up beautifully with that, um, you know, slightly better than midfield at um, in Hawaii. I, I I love him this week. I think he's just absolutely perfect. Into him.
1: Yep. No, it. Brad, as I said to you earlier with Max Homer, it's it's purely a a personal thing. I just can't get him right. I was utterly convinced that he was gonna go well earlier in the season I can't even remember where it was now because I've kind of put it out of my memory um, and I'm pretty sure well, I've been Houston where he finished 35th um, it was just disappointing for me but yeah I think the 66-1 is fair enough with everything Jason just said and what you're going to add
0: yeah no I echo all that and I've just had a bit of joy on him so I've, I can't have no as soon as I feel like it's a feel it's like a home a week I'm nice I don't hesitate but he just he, it's an auto bet, as soon as it's in California, like he just enjoys competing in his home state, like wins at the Fortinet, but m- most importantly at the Riviera on Poa Green. So he's just building a really like good reputation for himself. Plays tough courses well. Um and yeah, no, I'll just echo everything Jason said. Good ball striking display at the tournament of champions. So that made it even easier to back him this week.
1: Yep, no, I like that. Biz Whedonhout was someone me again. Um, and, and the reason I say that he, he's kind of scored better than I thought he was going to the Sony, so I thought he might have been better for the American Express than I originally gave him credit for. My slight hesitancy with Bizzouin now is I don't think he can go deep enough on the North course mm. over the first two days to kind of take advantage uh, of that before getting to the South. I think he played the South very uh, steadily over the weekend. Could be someone that you know shoots the lowest aggregate score there, but um, yeah, it couldn't be for me. Um, just while I keep mentioning weekend before anyone uh misses out, this is a Wednesday start at the farmers. I will put that in the description and the tweets, but uh, just in case people forget that. Lanto Griffin uh was my next pick, I knew I was going to see him uh everywhere. Brad, you're obviously on him as well. Yep. Um, I just didn't let it put me off, right? Like, it, it, you know, I think people. There's Always this thing about like the chalk pick and the you know the Twitter curse and all this you know this stuff and it you know it, it puts you off. But this season sixth at the Shriner's, seventh at the Zozo, third last week at the American Express. Um, two visits here revealed it. Or he's, he's had more than that. Three visits, twelfth and seventh, and then one miscut. Thirty fifth in the U.S. Open. Like he just does everything that I want him to do. Plays his course well in good form. Um, Played well at Pebble as well. You know, in 2020, he was tied ninth there, so lights are part of the world, coastal track, and I didn't really see any reason. You know, if you can give me anybody that's got three top sevens in the last five starts, I'm going to be interested. Mm. And then to add that, the seventh and twelfth over his last two, Brad, I thought he was a good
0: bet. Yep, he's just absolutely killing it at the moment, Islanto, and it's just really hard to ignore him this week, even though part of me is questioning whether he can maintain this level of performance um, but yeah you just can't ignore it It's been really good positively gained in all shots gained stats last week and as you said uh, really enjoys putting on power after like performances at Pebble Beach and Riviera in the past you know so yeah he just he, a lot to like about him at 66-1 to Any
1: thoughts on, on Lancer Griffin Chase?
0: No 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 I agree he was, he was excellent last week
2: um, yeah got no complaints about that if you want to back him yeah.
1: Ryan Palmer, it's your money anyway. So it's no yeah, my money. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. It might be your Christmas beer that we won't be able to pay for, but right, uh, <laughs> Ryan Palmer is someone I nearly always look at, and I'd look at him too much in most tournaments. But he's had two seconds here. It always felt like if he was going to break through again, it would be here. Um, I won't back him at the the sixty to one, fifty to one, or whatever it is for the eight places. But the exchange might be worth looking at. He's coming in at one hundred and twenty to one, I think. Um, and then there's just a host of names here uh, which are basically name value at this point I think Justin Rose obviously a former winner of this event Francesco Molinari has contended here uh, in the past he, well, top 10 finish maybe contended is a bit uh, generous Keegan Bradley's played well uh, in parts here Billy Horschel Siwoo Kim Joaquin Neiman um, Jason were there any for those that you liked
2: yeah I thought Francesco Molinari but, um just put up a huge sign last week to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, you know what he's like I mean I, you know, I don't know we thought that when he first came back on the scene didn't, you know at some point last year and then yeah. he did away um, but look he knows what he's doing he's got nothing to prove has he other to other really to himself you know he's done it all um, I, I did think that last week was a, a huge um, I know it doesn't necessarily matter you know um, what you did last week really I think as long as you had the run Um but yeah, as you rightly right to say, you know he's got uh, his last uh, six starts. He's got 14th 10th and 13th last year at, at the U.S. Open, which, given given that he'd only well, he's got 10th and 13th here since he's come back. Um, yeah. You know, you, you just can't knock that, and that was a huge sign last week. If you you know if he was a horse, you'd be uh, you'd be on definitely because you think he'd come <laughs> on the run. Um, I, I, there's nothing really other, other to add to that than, than I thought 7580 to one was too far too good.
1: Uh, another one, Jason, I'm a, bit, a little bit worried that maybe can't go deep enough on the north. I think he his, his ball striking and his accuracy comes into play and decent around the green play at times, comes into play on the south and lends itself, but maybe isn't playing quite well enough to, to take advantage of the north. But having said that, like you say, although Nick, like last week isn't a massive point to this event in general, the fact that he's gone three rounds of 67 and 68 suggests that maybe he can put a low round in there. Um. So yeah. yeah, no arguments really from me uh, on Francesco Molinari. Mm.
0: So I was just, last... just, I was just gonna add, oh, Tom. I don't know, it's possibly a bit of a trend as well. Think, if you're into it, because I've backed Molinari eighties as well, and it could yeah. be absolutely nothing, but he he, um, he he went well last year. I think he finished uh, started the year at the Amex with an eighth place finish, then backed that up with uh, another good performance in at Tory, finishing tenth. So. I don't know he could well off the back of last week's performance follow it this year. I don't know off the back of a good start. So yeah, that, that's something that that caught my eye a little bit. So yeah, he, he did as Jason said. I was really pleasantly surprised to see him go well this week. And you we don't need to add the quality of, of what he's what he's done as a player. So yeah, we know he can win. So yeah, he, he did appeal.
1: Type, type of player that when he wins at eighty to one or hundred to one, you go, God, I don't know why I wasn't on. Like mm. especially if he's telegraphed a bit of form the week before. So while I I don't necessarily think that'll uh, continue here, um, you know, there there is every chance he can do it. He fits the trend of uh, eleven of the past thirteen winners have posted a top ten at Tory Pines before winning here. Uh, Rahm was the most recent exception obviously winning on his debut and Scott Stallings was the other who had a couple of missed cuts before he won here um, subsequently finished 2nd and 25th so obviously did like the track in the end um, my pick of this range which feels a bit off track for me and a bit of a wild card but I've got him in Mackenzie Hughes um, and like I've said about Mamanari, like i said about Biswedan how I'm a bit worried about the deepness on the north course and whether he can go and shoot that 65-66 considering his lack of length but We've Sort of seen it right, like he's he does seem to pop up where we don't expect him to. Um, sort of goes on those long courses. He was one of the 54 hole leaders here at the US Open. Obviously, different setup, a bit more of a, a role during the, the US Open where you, you know more generous in the fairways, uh, a bit more baked out, and that kind of played into his hand. Finally, caught up with him for 77 on the final day. But I just think. The way he's been playing, like he's just been so solid for. Well, he hasn't had a miscut since the memorial last year uh, to start the season 35th, 25th, 4th, 29th, 2nd. Like, that's just everything I kind of want to see about someone going into an event. Um, he was third at the Travellers in 2020. He was eighth at that Canadian Open in 2018 that was at Glen Abbey. 10th at Pebble Beach as well. I think you're playing for places with Mackenzie Hughes on a tough layout. On, of this distance, but uh, I thought there was enough to like in his recent form. At uh, you know eighty to one, I think there was some sort of hundred to ones about him early, early on. But uh, yeah, I like Mackenzie Hughes at eighty to one. Yeah. Um, the other one I will be hurt if he wins after sort of talking him up a lot was Luke List. Um, comes out really highly in all the sort of models if you look online and strikes the ball incredibly well. Has played well here in the past. Actually improves on his. Baseline on Poa Greens, which is not something many people can say. Um, and I think he was 66 here to start last year and finished with a 66 as well to finish 10th. Um, and he's been 12th in the past as well, another 66 on round two. So can go well here, Luke List. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see him contend. Um, but that was kind of my lot before the 100 to 1 mark. Was there any more for you, Jace? Uh, no, I mean, yeah, just go back to Gooch, for example. I mean, I've been a fan yeah. of
2: Gooch, you know, since he's sort of risen to this level. Uh, and he's a far better player than, you know, when you look again at the relative courses. When he was third round here, 10-12 uh, with the error. 13th at the AP, 8th at Memorial. He's a far better player. Um, he led the uh, pattern averages here in 2019 as well. Um, and, and 50s may well be far too big. Um, but that, that, sorry, that's just going back a bit. i not talking about it. List, no. I agree with you. I'm a fan of List. Um, he won't make enough putts, really. I was on last week. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think he'll do it. I try, you know. I agree that this week potentially uh, will suit him a lot better. Um, but uh, I can't. And and Bez wins Bay Hill this year anyway, so don't worry bet him until then.
1: <laughs> no, I agree with all those sentiments, and I, I do agree on Gucci. He does feel like he's going out to a price where you should be on, especially on a golf course that would suit. Um, looking at the hundreds one mark, Keith Mitchell's name just every time I put stats in uh, comes up a lot. Um, hasn't got a great record here hasn't really got anything at the correlating places although if you count Bay Hill like you have J's two top six there Um, I thought he was a decent price I I don't think he was 90 to 1 when I put him up at the Sony and I thought that was a great price and he's the same price this week I know it's obviously off the back of obviously playing well at the Sony with a 7th but the the field is significantly deeper the course is not as suitable as that one was so I kind of gave him a miss but other than that, i i find it hard to really be confident about a long shot jason this event has gone so well for for the shorter prices uh the only one i've put in at a
2: long price again uh, let's have a top 20 double with uh, with uh, pod is patrick Rogers. yeah um same as but, last
1: year you had him last year didn't you
2: yeah 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 again it all fits <laughs> you yeah. know he's got the he's got the, the courses that i need um you know i've played perfectly except with the us open round here uh, local player uh, turns it on when he comes to California yeah, I don't really know what else you need really you know he's got the he's got the 7th and 24 26 at the AP which is fine 8th and 18th at Muirfield. um look I, I, do I think he's any good um <laughs> he's certainly a lot better than he's ever shown he's um, very talented uh, one, you know, one of our previous guests is, is all over Patrick Rogers virtually all the time and I, he maybe has tipped him up I'm not sure um so when he plays well, it, you know he's there and he does play well. And if he's going to rise, this might be the place. 150, you know, he's going to be. I, I suspect 250 on the exchanges um, by the time we, we go off. I, I'll take the chance, as I say, on the top 20 of him. It's nothing, nothing dramatic, but he's the only one really of the of that lot. So I can't do any of the newcomers, I don't think, around here. Um, oh, sorry. Oh, go on, Bennett. Sorry, Brad. You can you can speak about him if you want. What's Who that?
0: The old Mito Bramlett,
2: Oh my goodness, ball striking machine. Um,
0: yeah. Anyway, I've
2: left him off, so it doesn't matter.
0: Now. <laughs> well, I tried to, I tried to clear, like, steer clear of the speculative bombs this week because, as you guys have previously mentioned, it's not the easiest place to break through, especially for us, someone like Bramlett. Um, but yeah, I couldn't resist taking a chance on him. I mean, in theory, he has the game to go well here. He hits it a mile off the tee. Um, he's been inside the top twenty on in ball strike and an approach. 20th at the Sony and 33rd last week. He's put together two solid displays and he's coming into this home event in really good shape. So, yeah, And on top of that, he's finished 18th in this event last year and carded and an impressive final round 67 so on the South or So consistently, that's, pr- that's pretty good. If he, if he shows he can hit strike shoot that round here, that's that's really impressive. So um, but he's just losing strokes putting and that is his major downside um but he's much more comfortable putting on power as a california californian boy so yeah just an elite all striker who can hopefully find a hot putting week i just thought he's worth chancing at 200 to one
1: i think i think with power as well regardless of whether you feel comfortable in it or not so many people feel uncomfortable in it that the gap of good putters like narrows down doesn't it like i remember brant syndica saying that like whilst he loves and relishes playing on power, like some people think it's a trip to the dentist or something along those lines.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and I think that I think that was Matt Cooper who said that last year on here. Um, so I think that, you know, that, for me, always sticks out. I think anyone that's comfortable on it, again, not to sound like a broken record, but I do worry that he's the type that you mentioned at 67 at the South Course. I think he could be one of those people that stands out on the South Course like a Biswe now and then does nothing on the North. Um, <laughs> and I think the North is so pivotal like everyone sort of discards it because it's that one round um Mm. and you know ultimately you have to do it i mean no one's shot over par on a north course on one here uh, um which is you know quite alarming really you'd think that someone could have had one bad thing at north but you just can't right you need to get five six seven under par uh, to start off and then hold on basically so
0: um
1: that would be my only slight concern with him
0: yeah and that's very similar to um well, I took McNeely at 66s as well, and it's exactly the same what you just said with McKenzie. I did. If you look past at like, his past results, he just doesn't go low enough on the north course, and it just just emphasises how important it is, but I'm taking a chance that he does this week. <laughs> but he has got, if you look back, he's got back-to-back 69s at the south course in 2020. It's, it's, south course is not the problem. It's just the going low at yeah. the north course, so got a just got a hope, hope that they, uh, they can go low.
1: It can happen. I think as well, and everyone is going to have to listen to uh, our final selections because I've gone back and forth and missed people's picks, and I had Brad's picks written down um, mm-hmm. and, and, and glossed over a lot of them, so apologies for that. Um, but I looked at, because I've done all the first-round leader research, ready for that article to come out, and basically I think a lot of it just purely depends on the tea time you get on the North. Um, yeah. On and even the south on on the Thursday it tends to be the first round leaders just come out of the first few groups. There has been uh, some uh, you know differences there, but a lot of them are like eight o'clock, nine o'clock tee times that have just gone straight out, taken advantage of the of the morning greens and and gone on. I think especially with power uh, on the south course, it can get very bumpy and and the bent grass can change throughout the day as well. So yeah, I think if you can get an early tee time if any one of your picks, you're going to be absolutely delighted. Uh, first round leader you certainly need to look at that it has to be almost has to be an an early round Uh, there will be I'm guessing a market for both courses individually and I will do some more on that but Wyndham Clark was one that I looked at just as someone that I think has the skill set needed to win here like a Cameron Davis can bomb it off the tee go low at any point Um, but I just I can't trust them to do anything this tournament they're just it's too strong of a tournament. Like Wyndham Clark on his debut, went 69-67, sit ninth after the uh, the thirty-six hole cut, eleventh after fifty-four, and then shot seventy-five on the final day. And that's kind of what he's about at the moment. So I I don't know what to do really at the lower place in the market, other than really avoid it. I don't I don't have too much more to say on that. Um, let's summarise our picks, unless I've missed anyone else's picks, and in which case someone can shout at me before I carry on um, but we'll go over to the Dubai Desert Classic and uh, Jason, if you can summarise our picks for us there, that'd be great uh,
2: Definitely Nikolai Hogard at 60 uh, Jeff Winter at 125 and Podding way at 175 and on the shortlist that I haven't decided yet is Burmy, Takumi
1: and uh, Alexander Bjork Very nice, uh, Brad, your picks for us in the Dubai Desert Classic?
0: We've got Hatton at 18 to one, Burmester at 50 to one, Arnaus 60 to one, Westwood at 60 to one, and Asham Wu at 125 to one.
1: Yep, and I've got Ian Poulter at 40 to one, maybe 35 to one of the eight places. Lee Westwood, like Brad, there at 66 to one, eight places. Jeff Winter, 125s. Ashram Wu, I think, is now down to 125s, and Matthew Pavon. At 200 250s. So haven't decided yet mm. if I'm going to go in on Weisberger, but I think I've got enough. Um, bit of housekeeping before we go. a uh, couple of great interviews last week, uh, that Jason and I both, uh, both uh, did. Uh, Ross Spurgeon came on, a golf coach local to Jason in Epping Forest. Epping Forest, Jason, that is correct, isn't it? Uh, um, Chingford Golf yes, Centre, and Cingford. um. You know, he's a great golf coach, got a lot of good insight, has a lot of players uh you know close to him that he knows and, and is friendly with, grew up with a lot of them, Tommy Fleetwoods, Ollie Fishers, uh, Matthew Southgates as well. So really good insight there. Uh, and Megan McLaren came on as well, talk about his own her own game, uh, you know, the women's game in general, and it was just a really insightful interview. So two things for you to go and listen to there. And we will also be back here for a DraftKings preview of the Farmers Insurance Open. With Matt Vincenzi as well. Gents, thank you as ever for uh, joining. Oh, we've got to round up our farmers insurance picks as well. I'm having a terrible evening here, aren't I? I'm um, going to round mine up first because it'll be easier. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama 20 to 1, Wills Alatoris 33 to 1, uh, Matthew Wolf 66 to 1, Lanto Griffin 80s. And any for you there, Brad?
0: I've got Scheffler at 30 to 1, McNeely at 66 to 1. Griffin at sixty-six to one, Homer at sixty-six to one, Molinari eighty to one, and Bramlett at two hundred to one. I missed my Mackenzie Hughes at eighty to one as well. I'm really
1: having a bad evening. Uh, Jason, your picks for us in the Farmers Insurance.
0: Uh, I'm going to back Gooch at
2: fifty. Max Homer's better the week at eighty or sixty-six now. Uh, Molinari at eighty and Pat Rogers at one hundred and fifty.
1: Guys, I won't be as frantic as that as often as this. Um, just kind of lost my train of thought a couple of times there but uh, thank you all for joining the pics are there summarised and uh, have a good week